The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. About the uh, All Ireland again in just a few minutes there, because Dublin beat Kerry not once but twice this year, uh, which I'm sure is smarting in the kingdom. But there's some breaking World Cup rugby news to begin with. Uh, France are looking for a, a new fly half, are they? They are indeed, Jonathan. Sorry, thanks for the introduction, by the way. I was just so thrown off by being called Monaghan's finest that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's never happened before, exactly. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. What an introduction. <laughs> I just couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. Cork's finest, Jonathan. Eddie. No, this, this is a blow for, for, Fran- for France, I have to say. This news was breaking in the last. Uh, in the last 10 minutes or so, Roman Intimac, their uh, out half, will miss the World Cup in its entirety. Uh, so we went off, they had this warm-up test against Scotland on Saturday, down in Saint-Étienne. Uh, really good game as well, 30 points to 27 win in the end for France, but Scotland certainly uh, put it up to France, which is kind of concerning for us, given that Scotland are in our group for the World Cup. But Intimac went off, had the scan in his knee afterwards, and Fabien Galtier, the French uh, head coach, uh, kind of played it down a little bit afterwards. He said Roman underwent a small hyperextension of the knee, we wanted to take him out of the game so there'd be no further damage. But the scan this morning has resulted in the most damaging news to France's World Cup hopes uh, that they could have expected. Um, mm. maybe, maybe barring Antoine Dupont being ruled out. But Intermac will miss the World Cup in its entirety. So it's, he's done his cruciates in his left knee and that is a massive blow for France's World Cup hopes, Jonathan. The, these warm-up games were inherently risky. And I, I was watching the England-Wales match the other night uh, and uh, the friend who was watching it with me made the point that they weren't really trying because none of them wanted to get injured. <laughs> I mean, there there was always a risk that when you have competitive matches so close to the World Cup that injuries are going to happen and you could end up losing a key player which the French have now realised was a very real risk. There is an element of that for sure. Like Even like a lot of people heading to the, the Ireland-England game for example this weekend I'm one of them looking forward to it and people bought, bought tickets months and months ago uh, and then, of course, Johnny Sexton won't be involved for disciplinary reasons, misses the, these World Cup warm-up games. But when you see all these injuries, Jonathan, as you said, people dropping like flies do in Van der Merva as well as another one, um, you're almost thinking maybe it's better that Johnny Sexton is uh, is out of these warm-up games, wrap him in cotton, cotton wool, have him ready for the World Cup. So yeah, there is, there is an element that you need these competitive matches to kind of get teams into the flow for the World Cup. But certainly with the amount of players dropping from injury, I mean, it uh, mm-hmm. kind of takes away from it, the whole thing. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Ladies Gaelic Football Association All-Ireland final yesterday. Um, Dublin were a different class, weren't they? Oh, so dominant. From the from the very get-go, the first half performance was just something else. And, and that's something that Dublin have kind of clearly started to target. I mean, Hannah Terrell's performance, generally speaking, eight points from her in that first half alone. Uh, I think half of them from freeze, half of them from play, and she was just... Superb. It's one of the best one-half performances you'll ever see. She, she was involved a lot in the second half as well in, in setting up everything that Dublin were, were, were good at. But a lot of the, the talk in the build-up, I guess, was Louise Nimoda-Hurtig and, and how Dublin would contend with her. And she was fairly anonymous and fairly marked out of the game, I think, as well. Bikafriki. I think the, the performance from Dublin all over the pitch, they got their matchups right. Mick Bowen, their manager, deserves a lot of credit as well. Um, Kerry, maybe it was well. It, it was rinse and repeat of the men's final. It was Just contain contain the key players. So contain Clifford, contain Nimura Hurtig. When they have that done, then you, you, you're neutralising presumably the opposition's game plan. Big time, and and there were chances as well for Kerry. But like Nimura Hurtig had the goal chance in the first half. She she puts it over the bar. Daniel O'Leary lays it off to her. She was heavily involved in every good thing that Kerry were doing. And then a half chance, maybe a while later, Lorraine Scanlon's effort blocked by by Eilish O'Dowd. So there were moments for Kerry that probably were targeting goals. It seemed like they were targeting goals and the goal only came probably when it was too little too late. They got the goal and started to launch balls into the box as they uh, tried to close that gap at the end. Um, But I don't think anyone can have any complaints on the Kerry side. Declan Quill, their manager, spoke afterwards, Jonathan as well, and he kind of talked about the the cynicism from Dublin, maybe the fouling, uh, some pushes in the back for for uh, Louise Limor-Hurtig as well. 
So they weren't happy. Uh, certainly he wasn't using excuses, but definitely the fouling from Dublin was one thing they wanted to bring up. Like possibly Kerry peaked too too early this year. You could say you could say the opposite of that and say, well, they got to the All Ireland final. Um, but look, they won the league. They just haven't performed in the last two All Ireland finals. That's two defeats in a row now in the decider, having lost last year as well. So they'll be gutted. But but it's back to back to the drawing board for them and, and Dublin just march on. Uh, the Premier League is back. Uh, came back with a, a, well, a bit of a bang. Uh, City look like they're picking up where they left off. Chelsea Liverpool was was decent enough yesterday. It could have been two two. Ended up one one. Um, but both sides. I mean, what can they take from that? It's 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 one of the big clashes out of the way. But uh, I'm not sure either side excelled themselves. No, I don't think so. I think you're right there, spot on with the analysis because they, like these two teams. I think the last maybe seven times they've played each other, it's ended in a draw. So like these, <laughs> anytime Chelsea and Liverpool play, you can expect it, a stalemate of, of some description. Um, Salah came off after 75 minutes, um, not happy whatsoever, to say the least. I mean, his reaction and, and Jurgen Klopp kind of fully ignored him. Uh, and Salah starts ripping off the wristband tape and dropping it on the ground and, and pulling a bit of a strop. Some people argue, I guess, you could keep that sort of thing to the dressing room and maybe not not bring it to the pitch and have the conversation afterwards, but Salah clearly not happy. But, like, I think Liverpool will be reasonably pleased that they got that point away from home, like, at Stamford Bridge. And then Chelsea, similarly, Maurizio Pochettino handing out four debuts to these Chelsea uh, to this Chelsea team. It's going to have a new look to it. Uh, Stamford Bridge, notoriously terrible atmospheres last year at that stadium, just because they had nothing to cheer about. They end up finishing 12th in the, in the table. Obviously, the atmosphere is going to be poor, but at the end of the game, uh, at the weekend, they're clapped off the pitch. There's a better atmosphere, generally speaking. Um, mm. Moises Caicedo, that transfer battle between Chelsea and Liverpool seems to this morning be an ending uh, in favour of Chelsea. 115 million quid, having looked like he was heading to Liverpool for some time. So maybe Chelsea fans the happier slightly of the two this weekend. I'm beginning to think that Harry Kane may have driven past a funeral in Foxford without slowing down because the bad luck is following him on his debut uh, with Bayern Munich that got beaten 3-0 in the opening game. I know it was the equivalent of the, the charity shield over there, but still the poor unfortunate man. You're starting to think he's never going to win a trophy because if he can't win one in that in that uh, little curtain raiser, I guess, in Germany, then then maybe he's never going to win one. It, like, it, like, you'd imagine playing for Bayern Munich in Germany, he's going to win trophies and he signed a, a four-year contract as well. So you'd expect it. Although last last year in the Bundesliga title race, just they got it over the line against Dortmund tw- towards the end. Maybe he pushed them towards a Champions League push as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the longer this goes on, the longer Harry Kane uh, lives without a trophy in his cabinet, uh, the more awkward it's going to be. Tr- Spurs... Get, got the draw at the weekend, that 2-2 uh, finish against Brentford away, which is always a, good, a tough place to go. But you'd be concerned from their perspective because Richarlison just isn't the answer. He will play more centrally now that Harry Kane has gone to Bayern Munich. But I just don't think he's not your 30-goal season striker. So they probably have to dip into the market. Whether or not they do in the next couple of weeks remains to be seen before that transfer deadline. Mm. But certainly Spurs fans, yeah, a bit concerning in the post-Kane world. Uh, quickly to the Women's World Cup Spain will face Sweden Australia take on England in the semi-finals uh, England look like they've just done enough throughout that they might manage to actually do this uh, following on from their European success Yeah I, th- I think England have, have kind of gone with strength to strength I think if you get through some of these tight games you almost push on and can kind of take some confidence like even getting past Nigeria the way in which they did scraping past Nigeria uh, a Nigeria team that Ireland of course uh, got a draw with in the, in the group stage we'll, we'll not talk about that given that they're out of the tournament uh, but I think England now at this stage have to be recognised as possibly the favourites uh, other people will see it differently that Australia game is on Wednesday morning 11 o'clock a.m. A. Irish time that's going to be a cracking semi-final and that penalty should have win for Australia against France I mean they both both teams had kicks to win it 
goalkeepers were involved in taking penalties. It was one of the most dramatic penalty shootouts you're ever likely to see. So that's going to be a cracker. And then Spain-Sweden, as you said, Jonathan, tomorrow morning, 9am in that other semi-final. So uh, one of the four of those teams will win the World Cup and it's going to be a cracker. OK, Shane Hannan uh, of Off the Ball, thanks very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.